As the deer pants by the water, it must keep a sharp eye out for predators. Once they turn their heads down to take a few sips of that life-giving elixir, they're vulnerable to everything the forest hides within its depths. One deer that walks on the banks of the great Yangtze River may seem like it's forsaken the traditional cervid adaptations, which has left it totally defenseless. But upon closer inspection, you can see that it's taken the anatomical road less traveled. But revolutionary adaptation is our favorite topic here on Life, Death, and Taxonomy. Welcome back to Life, Death, and Taxonomy. Your 30 minutes of interesting animal info. It's season six. Hooray! And I'm Joe. And I am Carlos, and excited, I'm an excited Carlos. <laughs> and today we're talking about a creature whose binomial name means defenseless water drinker in Latin. Oh, you took some of the etymology. But more on that later. <laughs> no, now! <laughs> more on that now. It's Latin for yeah. defenseless, or unarmed. You wrote about the etymology? A little bit, yeah. For the first time ever? Well, because that's interesting. <laughs> and I think I've talked about... I've talked about the etymology before. Like orangutan, meaning okay, yeah. forest person. That's a very famous etymological Is it? it was revelation. A, it was the very first time I had ever heard it. Oh, I knew about it. Well, good for you. Well, you you're, just, you're just in the know. Tell us more about names. That's right. We're talking about the water deer. Uh, which sounds... Kind of boring, but is not boring, as we'll see. It's in a kingdom that you like, you know, and you love are in. Are in, in, in You're inside it. Oh, gosh. You're inside the well. kingdom. <laughs> you like it. You love it. You're in it. It's you got to have it. <laughs> it's delicious. It's like two pints of ice cream. It's kingdom Batmanimalia. <laughs> okay. Which we'll talk about later. Uh, the phylum is Chordata, Chordata. Uh-huh. Uh, the kingdom or the class, and uh, you know some people call it a class is Mammalia. Same. The order. This is where we deviate. Uh-huh. Is Artiodactyla, which is like a really cool sounding even-toed ungulates. So somehow this, the water deer and the humpback whale have found themselves in the same order. They've got apparently the they've got even toes somewhere stashed away. I guess if a flipper is a toe, it's got two. <laughs> so do I though. Actually, I have no. Way you more you, than you have a lot more than toes. Two toes. You have a lot Wait more a than two toes. So are you're like, an even toed ungulate. <laughs> <laughs> I do have an even amount. Not me. I cut one off. So oh, that good. stinks. Yeah. Um, so Especially little, if it was because of gangrene. I'm a little bit off balance. <laughs> I'm a little unsteady. The family is Cervidae. And you never go against the family. No. What? <laughs> <laughs> I think that's from... Uh, Godfather? Yes. Sure. It's definitely from one of them. It's been a long time. <laughs> Same. Anyway, Actually not, the Cervidae family year. is all deer things. Elk and moose and, and whatnot. And loved ones. And prized possessions. <laughs> deer things. <laughs> I love you. The end. Material possessions. The genus is Hydropodes, which, water deer, congratulations, uh -huh. Hydropotes. Uh, and the species is Enermis, which means unarmed yeah, or defenseless. Uh, so the binomial nomenclature is Hydropodes Enermis. But 
people also like to call it, appropriately, the vampire deer. Ah, more put, on that later. Should we put Takata and D minor in this one no. too? No, no, not twice we, in a row. We've used it as an opener too. Yeah, we had to. It's yeah. such a good song. It is a good song, <laughs> and it's in the public domain. Yeah. Um. So, but what we want to call it here? We've got some nicknames. The first one is the Fanged Forest Friend. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Chinese Fanger Trap. Yes. Um, and the Vampiric Venison Vendor. Oh, I'm so happy because. I have a little, stay tuned for a bonus one later, I, I was sure you would say. Really? Yeah. I was struggling, and I, I came up with that last one just like, just a little bit ago. All right, so let's talk about where this thing lives. Not just in taxonomy, but in the world. You mentioned the Yangtze River uh-huh. um, in the intro, and that's right, China. Southern China. Nice. Uh, it's actually almost completely relegated to that area in China because it's been hunted or driven out from other parts of the country. It's also found in uh, in Korea. Yeah, I was going to say that. Okay, good. You know, can, can you stop? You sound like you were saying it's exclusively in China just now. I, was... <laughs> I had to interject because it's important later. The interesting part about it living in Korea is the fact that it lives mostly in the demilitarized zone between North and South Korea because nobody goes there and huh. <laughs> it can live there in peace. Nice. Um, but that may not be the case in the near future, so who knows? When they open the countries to Western clothing. <laughs> I was doing a different thing. No, I, was, I wasn't being racist. I was specifically quoting a character from a movie. Write <laughs> uh, in the comments or on Twitter or something if you know what I was talking about. I don't know what you were talking That's about. That's okay. But you know what I was talking about. Yeah. Okay. Um... So these little watermen, they like uh, swamps and rivers. So that's why, you know, they are hydropodes. And they can actually swim for miles without stopping to reach, like, islands in the river or in lakes and things like that. They must be very buoyant. Or just very good swimmers. One of those two things, or maybe both. both. It could be both. Who knows? Uh, They've also been introduced to Britain and France. And now there is a stable population in both of those countries. Nice. After zoo, both, of, I, th- I think for both of them, there were zoo breakouts if in Britain back in the 1880s and in France in the 1960s. Um, so don't let your zoo animals loose uh-huh. is the moral of that story. Because they'll be invasive, maybe. So let's talk about what this thing looks like. Uh, well, it looks like a deer, a little one. Uh, it's... If it looks directly at you, it looks like it has an adorable little quokka face. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just inquisitive. Maybe more on that later. Maybe on how adorable it is? Just quokkas. Okay, yeah. Kind of picture like a, a, a much cuter llama. <laughs> I feel like when I think about an, a much cuter llama, I'm just picturing an alpaca. Can you tell the difference between an alpaca and a llama? Yes, on... and you could too if you saw pictures of them side by side. Alpacas are much cuter than llamas. They've got, like, shorter faces and, like, fluffy cheeks. Okay, and llamas just look like long-necked sheep? They, they've got, like, camel faces, which is... Oh, no, thanks. No, you're not about that? No. Even though they're also even-toned ungulates? <laughs> I said toned. They're even-toned Yes, they're... Ungulates. It's very... They're like um, the, the teacher from Ferris Bueller. He's very even-toned. I was thinking more like, he's toned. Oh, okay. He's equally yoked. (laughs) (laughs) 
Wow, I wandered into that one. That was very good. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't understand that joke, read the Bible. <laughs> All right, so this guy has um, a golden brown coat. You want to toast these guys till they're golden brown. Okay. Um, and they have a reddish brown face and a white throat, cream colored throat, whatever you want to call it. Uh, but other than that, they pretty much, it's just a deer. Just picture a little deer. Yeah. But I don't. How little? I don't really know how little. <laughs> I'm just getting to all you, your jokes you are first. Th- not even a joke. <laughs> I'm just trying to make this happen. <laughs> um, Doing work here. Yeah, let's talk about how little. That brings us to, once again, in this sixth season, the listener's favorite part of the show. I assume that's still true. Because <laughs> you're not about to repoll. I haven't to, polled in a while. To to possibly upset the, the balance. And today, uh, this week, the would, would you perhaps like to uh, in, uh, introduce our special... Who, who this, this segment is brought to us by? This segment is brought to us by my lovely wife, Bibby. So, without further ado, um, other people's favorite part of the show, one, two, three. That was a familiar tune. <laughs> <laughs> now I got that stuck in my head. <laughs> Very good. Uh, let's move right into it with length. The water deer is between 2.5 and 3.3 feet. He's a little guy. Uh, on average, 2.9 feet uh, or 88.3 centimeters. How many water deer go into the length of the Yangtze River? <laughs> Dang. <laughs> I should have seen this coming. I need to start anticipating this and looking up relevant things. <laughs> well, the Yangtze River is one of the longest rivers in the world, I think. Is it? Probably in the top ten. Would you like to have a hint? Nope. Well, here's a hint. Keep it away from me. The Yangtze River is the longest river in China and has played a significant role in the region's history, culture, and economy. You can see it in Epcot in the 360 video, if you'd like. There was a quote in there about what traveling up the Yangtze River is like from an ancient poet, I I would love to know what it's like. I can't remember, and you cannot find that quote on the internet. <laughs> you can only know it by going, by going and seeing to Disney that 360 video. Or taking a picture. So go, take a picture of it, and post Even it on the internet. Even though it's a real quote from a real poet in history. Couldn't find it. Maybe they made it up. Maybe it's not a real quote from a real poet. Oh Maybe it's a real goodness. quote from a Disney poet. <laughs> it's a real quote from the writer of that that scripts. Yeah, every quote is a real quote. <laughs> That's true. Uh, so let's say the Yangtze River is, I don't know, 1,100 miles long. Uh-huh. That sounds like a decently sized river. And you said this thing is three feet long. Yeah. So? Are you doing head math here? I'm yeah, impressed. Sure I am. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to figure out how many of these guys go to a mile. Um, how much is a mile? It's like, I think it's like 5,100 feet. Yeah, something. So. Something like that. I think I can probably be pretty safe to go like about 1,700 of these guys go into a mile. I'm not even doing this with my phone. I might be way off. (laughs) Um, 17? Yeah, no, yeah. It should be about 1,700. 
Okay, yeah. I thought you said 17. No, se- 1,700 <laughs> of these guys go into a mile, and I said 1,100 miles. So I'm going to say 1,800,000. So the Yangtze River is about three times the length you thought it was. Uh, uh, actually, wait, wait, wait. Let me do it again. Okay. Oh, I was going to say actually incorrect myself because it's about four times the length. Really? It's 3,950 miles. Okay. Well, then 5,200,000. The answer is 7,191,724 water deer. Darn it. Let's move on to weight. <laughs> can we You're doing cut well. out all of that, that horrible thing? We can cut out all of that silence. <laughs> <laughs> all, that si- all that like mumbling and me looking up at the ceiling. And, and cursing, cursing your stars. I, I defy stars. I don't curse them. <laughs> All right. Leave five, please. Um, the weight of a water deer is about 20 to 31 pounds or 9 to 14 kilograms. On average, that is 2.5 pounds or 11.5 kilograms. How many water deer go into Kazuyo Katsumasa, a South Korean former sumo wrestler? Hmm. Would you like a hint? Nah. You can keep it. I'll give it to you. You can just take that hint and put it into your shirt pocket. Just save that one for later as a morsel, you know, like an after-school uh, no, no, snack. I'm, I'm, I'm full. You can have it. Here it is. <laughs> Kazugo was raised by his mother after his father died when he was young. He started competitive Sirium, uh, which is a Korean wrestling sport similar to sumo, and won a national competition in 1998. This caused him to be noticed by the stable master of a Kazugayama stable in Japan, where he would make his professional debut that same year. Kazugo saw wrestling as an opportunity to support his family and help his mother, who worked hard to raise him. Unfortunately, after an impressive career, he was found guilty of bout rigging and was ordered to retire in 2011. Now you have to get it. Because you've given me enough time? And just a a stellar hint. I have not listened at all. (laughs) Also, fun fact, like a dojo for sumo wrestling is called a stable. Ah. Yeah. That sounds demeaning. Kind of, yeah. I'm going to go with 165. No, wait, wait. Do you want me to tell you? Wait, hold on. How how heavy is this thing? Like 31 pounds. Okay, sorry. For some reason, (laughs) I was going 2.5 pounds. (laughs) It's two, 25.5. 25.5. Okay. Okay. Never mind. On average. Oh, wait. They just moved the decimal point. I'm going to go with uh, 16.5. It's about 13. 13 water deer. Okay. Is it, I thought I, I assumed that he was like 420 pounds. He's like 350 pounds. Ah, uh, okay. So that my guess was off. Yeah. <laughs> I figured that to be like a good sumo wrestler, you got to be on the heavier side. Yeah, but they're very athletic. There's, they're... they're um, deceivingly athletic. Well, not, I'm not disparaging his uh, his athleticism. I'm just saying that, like, even if he's a big guy, he's more muscular than other big guys who look that big. Yeah. So then he would be heavier than the other guys that look. True, but like he would also. It, it's hard to train and can keep that much like weight. Okay. Four hundred pounds. All right. I'm yeah. just saying that's a seems like a decent size. Okay, so 13 of these little water boys go into uh, someone who has very little water weight. <laughs> All right, so have we passed? Yeah, we're have done. Have I passed? <laughs> I f- miserably failed the first one, got kind of close, close to the second, to the second one. one. Nothing is going to top last week's. If you didn't listen to last week's, just go do that. 
Um, and then I guess it's all of our episodes will pale, pale in comparison. I don't know. I feel like the uh, the 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 harrowing and tragic story of Kasugo Katsum- Katsumasa is it's close second. Oh, is it tragic? I wasn't listening. Anyway, <laughs> the diet of this guy, um, like most deer, like most things that eat plants and graze, um, he eats grass. Loves it. Can't get enough of this stuff. Mm. Um, but also, since it's near water, it eats reeds and sedges and things like that. Um, but other than that, its diet is pretty darn boring. Um, For it, you, it probably it loves it. I mean, you can love it and also be boring. To you. Like math. <laughs> I don't think people who love math find it boring. But it's boring. Everybody knows it's It's objectively boring. <laughs> boring. <laughs> Uh, so uh, here, here are some facts about its behavior before we go into the major fact. Um, it is a solitary little folkman. Um, it marks its territory with scents. Uh, and How so, many scents? 50? Uh, 11 herbs and spices. <laughs> I don't get that. I don't get it either. <laughs> what was it? Fifty fl- Baskin Robbins is 50 flavors, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking, I was thinking of Dr. Pepper. <laughs> Um, so in order to uh, delineate their territory, they will eat grasses and kind of just... Dr. Pepper is 75, by the way. So, is it? No, that's is it 75 years old. It's established 75. <laughs> Who could say? We're all lost in the weeds. <laughs> so one of the ways that they think that this guy um, releases scents is by digging and pawing the ground with its hoof. Then maybe it releases it through its foot. But they're not sure because I guess they didn't ask. So the sounds these guys make, you usually hear a, think of a deer making that like high-pitched, like... Whine-type thing? It's Yeah, it's not like a groan. It's not a shout. Squeal? It's, yeah, it's kind of like a, like a squeal made through a giant, like, en- hollowed-out, like, rain stick. Yeah. And... But these guys don't do that. They, they bark. Yeah. And I could not find... A, a video? video of there's the not a lot of good video about this. No, but I did find a video of them making this other sound, which is a clicking sound, which they make uh, during a rut, and then the rut, a rut is a deer mating season. Um, so it kind of sounds like a high pitched bird call, and I would put it into this episode, but it's bad quality; like okay. you barely hear it. Um, Maybe we'll put a link or something. Yeah, if you want to listen to it. Uh, it's mostly this guy talking about, like, oh, look at those water deer. Does <laughs> will also feep at their fawns. Feep at their fawns, huh? Yeah, it's a lot of fawn feeping. <laughs> this good, 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 old-fashioned fawn feeping. Uh, I don't know what that sounds like, but imagine it's like a... <laughs> that sounds legit. Yeah. The so if you're gonna come in here and yoke my yaks, don't feep at my fawns. <laughs> if you yoke my yak streets, you better not feep at my fawns. <laughs> Thou shalt not feep at other people's fawns. <laughs> and if you're gonna be uh, if you're gonna yoke someone's yak, it needs to be equally. Yoked. Yes, for sure. You need to yoke two yaks <laughs> <laughs> equally. Yeah. You need to yoke your yak and the other person's yak. As long as those are equal equal yaks. Oh man, this is this episode's off. The this episode is is close second, I think, to the last one. Oh man, <laughs> the rut is uh, during November and December. They will usually have two to three fawns. These uh, water deer will live for about ten to twelve years, and that is all I have for the general info. 
Sweet. Here's where the fact gets major. The water deer is completely without antlers. All right, folks, that's it. What? That's it. Uh, See you next time. Wait a minute. There's more. Uh, It's a trait that earned them the defenseless uh, name in their uh, species nomenclature. Uh, Instead, the water deer has developed two long canines that protrude from its mouth like a pair of vampire's teeth. It's crazy. It is. Yeah. It's, It's a little bit unnerving. It looks like one of those taxidermied amalgamations. It does. It looks like like a jackalope. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, for that reason, I'm giving it the bonus nickname, the saber-toothed servid. Saber-toothed servid. I thought perfect. I thought of saber-toothed like five seconds ago as as you were talking <laughs> about. It. I was like, it's kind of like saber teeth, aren't they? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, there works. it is. Although uh, I still like vampiric. Those are all good. Vendor. Those are all good. Vendor. Would I was. You, would you like some of my venison? I was thinking so much about like hoping it wasn't what the, the saber tooth servant that when you said it, I was just so happy I for, didn't hear what you said, and that's very good. <laughs> <laughs> You're so happy I didn't say it already. <laughs> uh, bucks have longer canines at um, as much as two inches long, which sounds like not that much, but it's long for a tooth. I, I read up to three inches. Yeah, it can be long. Um, while does, I almost read does. Yeah, me too. Does and does are the same word. Yeah, it's the same spelling, different yeah. word. No, not fair. Uh, <laughs> while does canines are only about five millimeters long, so they're almost pretty long for a canine, but five still millimeters. really small. Millimeters? Yeah, a little. 0.5 centimeters. Those don't even, oh, they don't, those don't even stick out of their mouth. Probably not. Maybe even just maybe a little bit. But I feel like no. my canines are five millimeters long. <laughs> yeah. So the teeth start growing around the deer's first fall uh, before they become a yearling. They grow to until about two years old. So they grow for a pretty decent time in their life, considering their lifespan mm-hmm. of 11 years. And then uh, about six, only about 60% of the tooth is exposed below the gum. So there's a good portion that's still up in there. Wow. But why does a deer, or what does a deer, do with a big old sharp tooth or two? Munch off some meat. Wrong. (laughs) (laughs) You know, these carnivorous guys eating grass and bison. And and (laughs) they go over to the United States. It would take about 600 of these guys to take down a bison. And they... (laughs) And well, they can swim for a long time, so they just yeah. <laughs> swim across the the Atlantic Ocean from England. There's European bison. We did talk about that, didn't yeah. we? So if you were to see a water deer just standing around, you'd notice that his canines seem to grow straight down. These teeth appear to be in the way and kind of cumbersome for poor, poor deer males. <laughs> you poor deer. <laughs> <laughs> However, he's got a trick up his gum. Ah. Uh, Mm. The tooth is loose in the gum socket, and they can move around like he's about to get a cool 50 cents from the old tooth fairy. Can you hear the face I'm making? <laughs> what is this face for? It's kind of a grimace, like you it's heard like, the word moist. Like I or heard pupa. that like, like someone's tooth, like a, their tooth is just loose in their gums <laughs> all the time. And then it could... Ugh. Well, don't fret. I don't like it. They don't fall out. Instead... Good. They are able to use their facial muscles to move the teeth at will. Like the naked mole rat. Yeah, kind of like the naked mole rat. Move, in, move independently. 
uh, of the rest of their face, I guess. Yeah. When they're eating, they pull them back out of the way so that they're pointing behind them. This allows them to chomp away without getting their faces tangled in thickets. Yeah, that would probably be pretty darn annoying. Yeah, it would. <laughs> no, the flush, just tuck it back, save it for later. Tuck uh, those fangs away. However, the real majorness of this fact is how they use these face daggers for defense. Uh, if they get a into an aggressive encounter, they will point the teeth forward and then they'll pull their upper lip uh, back to or up to draw them in. So instead of being out like, forward and out, they'll, they're facing directly forward. So instead of like a warthog tusk situation, yeah, it's more of like a pointed straight at yeah. you. Uh, nice. Staring down the barrel of a water deer face. Um, <laughs> Uh, a 45-inch water deer. Yeah. So now they're ready to jut and joust at insolent passerbys. Passersby. I hate that, by the way. Do you? It's one word. The plural is passerbys. It's fun. It's fun to say. Passersby? Yeah. Oh, I don't like it. <laughs> I say it a lot. I know. <laughs> for, some, for somebody who doesn't like it. Twice on this <laughs> podcast, at least. It's mostly used against rival males. Um when it comes to predators like cougars and Siberian tigers, it's more likely to just skedaddle. I was wondering what their predators would be. I was like, what large predatory mammals live in China except the... Used to be tigers, but not really anymore. Yeah, not really in China. Yeah. I mean, the panda can eat meat, but it doesn't There's really... There's panther-type things, cougars. Okay. So males are often seen with scars on their face, heads... And next, because of territorial disputes with other males. It's mostly for combat territorial disputes. Much like antlers. Yeah. Usually, when you see anatomical weapons on males and not females, it's because it's for these ritualistic displays or mating combat or territorial combat. Yeah, it's nice because antlers provide attack and defense. Yeah. Like they give their like you just lock antlers. But this is this is just like a knife fight. <laughs> yeah. That so that it, it doesn't usually kill your rival. Fights will end with them like laying down with their head and neck on the ground in submission or they run away and get driven off the territory. I I learned that most most ritualistic uh, fighting during mating seasons uh, are not fatal. Yeah. There's only a couple animals that fight to the death. I've like, seen... Like uh, lions. I won't say what I've seen because it's kind of gross. Okay. It's not family friendly. No. Something brutal in the animal kingdom. That involves antlers. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, um, females can also be territorial, but much less so, and they're usually only territorial if they're about to give birth or if they've just recently given birth. And they're territorial with other females. It's tough because their fangs are only five millimeters long. Yeah, they probably just nip at each other and ask each other to politely leave. Pa make passive-aggressive remarks about their, like... Haunches. <laughs> She's eating all those all those sedges. They're going to go right to her haunches. <laughs> Have you seen her, uh... Her, uh... What, what? No, I'm cutting this out. I couldn't remember the color of the throat. Cream-colored. Yeah. Can remember. Throat. It. I was gonna say it's downright brown. <laughs> it's so out of season. <laughs> it's... 
But yeah, well, that, now it's going in there. Yeah, well, fine. <laughs> That's it. That's all I got. That's all you got? All right, so that was the water deer, the Hydropodes inermis. So for you out there in Podcastia, sharpen your fangs. Find yourself a nice swamp and feep at your fawns like the water deer in Life, Death, and Taxonomy. says Christmas time is all about reindeer. The water deer may not be the spirit of the season, but they are the front runners of season six of Life, Death, and Taxonomy. Hey, why not give your old pals at LDT a Christmas present in the form of a review? Head on over to your podcast app and send us your thoughts and stars. Besides, five of those shiny celestial representations should remind you that Christmas celebrates the event when the natal star marked the birth of Jesus, who came to save the world from sin and death. I guess Christmas really isn't about a reindeer after all. Mic drop. Oh no. <laughs> Life, Death, and Taxonomy is my favorite in the world podcast. <laughs> Oh my gosh. <laughs> Deleting that. <laughs> <laughs> Deleting that to be sure. Um <laughs> That's not even gonna make the end. <laughs> oh better not. Um Maybe the part where we're talking about deleting it will, but not what it is. It'll be a mystery. Everyone will wonder.